0: This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hello, this is Bird Shooter, and tonight we have podcast episode number 17 at N2 Backpacking. On the show tonight, Jester continental divide trail through hiker he's also producer and editor of the film embrace the brutality and it uh, documents a 2012 journey that jester took with some others on the continental divide trail which runs 3100 miles from mexico to canada on the spine of the rockies through new mexico colorado wyoming idaho and montana So tonight on the show, we'll discuss the CDT, some of the high and low moments that Jester had on the trail, uh, what it was like to film, embrace the brutality, and carry a camera that entire way, and also about some scenes from the movie. And then Jester offers up just some general advice for those that are planning to hike the Continental Divide Trail, and also as a Triple Crowner who's um, also hike the Appalachian Trail and Pacific Crest Trail, uh, gives some thoughts just on how the trails compare and um, some sections that he likes in general. So that said, let's uh, talk to Jester. All right. Jester, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. I've got uh, Jester with me tonight, uh, and he is the producer and director and actually a thru-hiker that completed the Continental Divide Trail last year, and his movie is Embrace the Brutality. Thanks for being on the show, Jester. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So um, I did want to ask you a couple questions before we talk about your um, movie, and one of the yeah. one of the first questions I had for you was just um when when did you take your first backpacking trip and how how did you get into the sport?
1: Well that's actually it it's sort of strange cuz I didn't, you know, most people will say like oh, you know, when I was little my parents took me out or something like that, but I didn't Started start backpacking until I was 25 or 26 years old and was living in Arizona and the first backpacking I did was actually in the desert uh, in Arizona and uh, yeah I was sort of you know I I came to it a little bit late Um, and uh it's, uh, and, and, you know, desert, you know, and that's all the experience I had before I hiked the Appalachian Trail. Um, so it was very, very different and not very helpful, uh, to, <laughs> to have had that experience. So, um, but, you know, I, I love it now. But, uh, yeah, for, first time was, uh, in, Uh, Oregon Pipe National Monument uh, right along the Mexican border uh, in uh, in Arizona.
0: And and how long did it take you before you um, started thinking about doing a through hike and and you actually headed out on the Appalachian Trail?
1: Uh, Well, I... I did my AT through hike in 2000, so it was, you know, four or five years of that. Um, you know, I, I did end up, you know, hiking around the Grand Canyon, up here, uh, Show and another place, you know, other places in the in the woods uh, in northern Arizona um, and uh, but you know but also most of my experience during that entire time before my AT3 like was car camping um, I didn't I didn't do a lot of backpacking um, so you know all my stuff was you know by 2000 standards like 2000 standards everything compared to you know compared to now everything was heavier uh, and compared to what backpackers were carrying everything I owned was even heavier than that so um but yeah it took me like you know four or five years and uh and at the time the longest i'd ever been out was like four or five days uh, something like that
0: yeah i was actually amazed I, and i think i told you uh, before when we had talked earlier i had through hiked the appalachian trail in 94 and i was shocked with the number of people that showed up at springer mountain that had never backpacked ever that they were coming out for oh, yeah. their first trip you know
2: so
1: I met a guy at Hawk, I met a guy at Hog Mountain Shelter that uh, had like he had no idea how to use his stove, and he had taken it out of the box and put it right into the backpack. He didn't even try it out to make sure it worked. Right. Um, so yeah, there. <laughs> I, I suppose those people still pop up from time to time now, but now there's you know there's so many more resources available uh, for information, and so I, I sort of feel like now even if you've never done it before, you at least kind of. Have a little bit of a clue uh, as as to what you're supposed to be doing, but yeah, back back then there were so many people out there that it was their first time in the woods and i i thought that was shocking i you know i thought that was you know other people might think like well that's crazy but i I, in my mind it was incredibly brave like how could you you know plan this whole thing and quit your job and set this money aside and buy all this gear and plan this you know five or six month long trip and not even know if you like doing it um, yeah, exactly. You know, so, it was, <laughs> to me, that
0: was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of people that buy into the dream. And, I mean, I think, you know, if when they watch your movie, Jester, I mean, I think you'll probably have a ton of people show up at the CDT just because they saw your film, you know. But um, let, let me ask you this question first. Um, you've hiked the Triple Crown, and most people may not know what the Triple Crown is. So, the AT, the CDT, and the Pacific Crest Trail. Well, on, on the other trails, the Continental Divide and the Pacific Crest Trail, did, did you find very many people that just show? up for the first time to hike or were most of them pretty experienced that you ran into
1: yeah now most most of the people on the pa you know and, and typically sort of historically the pct and the cdt have higher uh completion success rates than the AT. um and you know yeah for the most part it seemed like even if they hadn't done a through hike before Unlike a long trail, there were you know there were plenty of people on the PCT, for example, who had hiked the John Muir Trail, um, or had done a significant amount of backpacking in the Cascades in Washington, um, and yeah, it sort of seemed or you know or uh, you know an awful lot of people that were you know had hiked the Appalachian Trail as well. But but even the people that hadn't done a through hike seemed to there, there were very few people on the PCT. And the CDT, who uh, didn't have any experience on the CDT last year, we uh, we ended up hiking with a couple, and it was their first long distance hike. Um, which that's that's sort of rare uh, for the CDT uh, to, to have not done any long trails before. Um, but you know, they they've been backpacking before, but. Um, you know we, we told them you know at first we told them we thought we were a little bit crazy and the further they got along yeah. you know we were we had a, we had a lot of respect for them for hanging in there because i remember being in lordsburg and telling them you know if this had been my first through hike i would have quit by now right. um and they were they hung in there and, uh, and did very well so uh, but yeah for the most part seems like more experience out there which may account for for the higher success rates right,
0: right. i actually remember that part in the in the film where they disclosed the you that this was the first major long-distance trail that they'd done before, and I mean, I take from watching the show too that the CDT is probably the toughest of the three. Would you agree? It's the hardest of the long trails that you've hiked.
1: It's, I mean, the CDT is. Um it's the hardest in certain respects. I mean, I honestly think the Appalachian Trail is physically harder. Uh, it's physically more demanding. And, and when I did my AT hike, I was injured pretty much the entire time. Um, I think the CDT is a lot more uh, mentally stressful, um, you know, because because of the route finding necessary uh, and because of sort of the narrower weather window. Uh, that you're working with, and you always feel like you kind of have to keep moving, 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 and um, you know, so you're taking fewer zero days, and you, and you sort of like, you know, feel rushed. Like the CDT may be a trail that's better to do in more than one year, you know, to do it over two years or whatever. Um, because I, I did, I just found myself to always be mentally very stressed out, which I'd never experienced before on a trail. So it's it's the hardest. It's definitely the hardest in that respect.
0: And so I know each fall the uh Alda group, which is the um, long distance hiking association has a, a award ceremony for for individuals that have hiked all three of the major trails and done the triple crown i I understand you're going this year that's got to be pretty exciting for you.
1: Yeah, so that's my, it'll be my first time going to, there's there's two organizations, there's ALDA, which is kind of more of an East Coast organization, and they have a gathering in October, and I've been to that for the past uh, 12 years or something like that, uh, but this is my first time going to ALDA West, which is a whole different organization. Uh, it's my first time going to their gathering, uh, and it's out in uh, California this year, and they're doing a, uh, yeah, they, they do a, a triple crown ceremony every year for, for the people that uh, submit for it from the previous year. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of exciting, but from from my experience, talking to other Triple Crowners, I know it's also kind of embarrassing um, really? to be, you know, put up on stage and have people talking about you. Really? I, well. I've, always, I've, always, I've always found that the, like, the Triple Crowners I know are, are far less impressed with what they've done than everyone else around them seems to be, so... Um, it's, it, you know, it would be fun mainly, you know, as a reunion with us, because, uh, you know, Coyote is going, Ratatouille is going, um, a bunch of the other people, um, Girl Scout come up, Squatch is going to be there. So a bunch of other people that I hiked with last year, um, are going to be there. And so, you know, it's, it's more of a thrill just to, you know, have that little mini reunion and get to see them again. And, and the Triple Crown Award is, is certainly, you know, something to, uh, I guess look forward to, but, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not the main reason I'm going. I really you know, want to see all the people I hiked with last year.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's a big reunion. So do, have you bumped into any of these individuals on other um, major hikes, or did, did you meet a lot of these folks just for the first time on the CDT?
1: Um, well, actually, um, Coyote, um, I met her when she was hiking the Appalachian Trail in 2004, um, and then ended up sort of you know not planning it but ended up hiking with her on the PCT 08 and then we sort of planned to hike the CDT together um and uh you know bump into Lynch who is you know chances are to spend any amount of time on the long distance trails you're going to bump into Lynch sooner or later as he as he flies by you hiking very fast <laughs> um, but we bumped into him on like day 3 or something like that and um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you do see other hikers, you know, from time to time, from other trails, or if you're out doing trail magic, you know, the year they hike the trail, you see them. Or I bumped into a guy on the PCT one year, and we had, you, we had to do the whole game of, you know, we sort of knew we knew one another, but we didn't know how, and had to do this game of trying to figure out, like, what year you were hiking what trails. And, and it turned out that they, I met him in 2000, and he wasn't hiking that year, but he was... uh he was actually on a hut crew in the Whites, um, and we we just sort of remembered one another. Um, but yeah, I mean the CDP uh, CDP was the first trail where I actually planned to start with people because I figured there were few enough people out there that. Um, you know, if you started by yourself it might it couldn't be entirely possible to not see anyone um, so I actually started with a crew of people that I'd either hiked with before um, or uh, you know or who I knew, you know who I knew from hiker events and things like that and we uh, we all sort of planned on starting together
2: yeah, sure sure
0: now is Squatch you mentioned Squatch earlier is, is Squatch the one that has Squatch films in a, in a few movies uh, I think he's got one on the PCT is that the same Squatch
1: Squatch, uh, yeah, Squatch did uh, the Walk series uh, for the PC team, which is four movies. And then he uh, did a two-movie series about the Appalachian Trail. Uh, the second one came out last year. And then this year he hiked the uh, the Camino de Santiago, and he's working on a film right now. Um, but I met him years ago, and it's kind of funny because we we end up we sort of end up in one of those movies frequently, which is very strange. Um, yeah, that's kind of cool. uh, <laughs> It's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Like if you watch, uh, if you watch Walk, which is the fourth one of his uh, uh, Walk series, most of the people that are in my movie are in his movie, um, and it, it, the two movies are, are nice companion pieces to one another. Um, but yeah, we've been we've been friends for years and years and years, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll call him up if I need advice on something because um, he's been making movies a lot longer than I have, um, and uh, you know, and he'll call me. Uh, if he has a question about something you know um having to do with uh sensor like will he'll, he'll call me up with questions about trails and I'll call him, him up with questions about editing so um our, I guess, our areas of expertise and what we both do. So, a, a
0: symbiotic relationship actually you teed me up perfectly for for my next question, and that was, did did you study, um, did you study film in school? I mean, did, is this something that you just kind of picked up as you went along, or is this something you've been doing for a, a long time?
1: I actually got a uh, film degree. Um, uh, my undergraduate degree is in film production, um, but that was a long time ago. And when I was studying film, you were actually filming on film and editing on film, and uh, you know, it was a very physical thing. You were cutting stuff. You weren't doing anything on a computer. Um, and then I, you know, I got the degree, and I ended up not really doing anything with it. Um, and. When I, you know, came time for me to hike the PCT, I decided, you know, basically decided, you know, I'm going to film, get a camera, I'm going to film as much as I can, and when I get home, I'll figure out, I'll see if I can put something together. Uh, and so when I got home, um, you know, got a computer, bought an editing program, uh, and sat down, and so the, the the mechanics of it were different, uh, doing it on a computer. Uh, and I had to sort of relearn, Editing from that point of view, but you know the, the general theory remains the same. You know, regardless of the of the media. So you know, just the, the general idea of how you put together uh, a film and how you just sort of like create a story and how you uh, cut and how you affect pacing and how you do all sorts of different things. Um, those don't change regardless of whether you're filming digitally or on film. So uh, it was you know it's helpful I think to have a film degree, but. Um, uh, you know but uh, yeah like uh, it seems like more and more there you know there are more and more people making movies today that don't have that and I think it's you know it's a little bit more of a learning curve for them particularly when they get home with a whole bunch of footage and they're not quite sure what to do with it um, yeah.
0: God, I can't imagine edit
1: I think it's the editing that's the tough part if you don't have any film experience yeah
0: I was gonna ask you how many um, how many I guess you probably shot tapes is that what you were shooting like did you, you shoot it digitally and you just had files on your camera? Is that how you mainly uh, shot it, or do you actually use proper uh, videotape? Um, for,
1: for both times, I shot them both... Um on, you know, what are, I guess, considered digital cameras, the, the first movie was, uh, I wasn't, um, satisfied when the first movie came out with getting a camera. I wasn't happy with HD cameras at the time because, uh, mainly having to do with their ability to zoom and not, uh, pixelate. Um, And, uh, you know, like, and and if you looked back then, like, that would have been, like, 2007, I would have been getting this camera. Every high-definition camera only had an optical zoom of, like, 8 times or 10 times um, because they, for some reason, they couldn't... they couldn't handle zooming without pixelating dramatically um, and kind of ruining the, the whole point of having HD. Right. Um, so I was carrying uh, what was a digital camera, but not HD, and it actually shot on mini DV tapes. Um, and, uh, and I think, yeah, actually, Squatch, basically, you know, he did his first couple movies on this, a, a similar kind of camera. Like, it, it's... And one, one hint, you know, for people that, for people that do want to try and film something, um, and I, I'm, I'm not sure if this is why Squatch does this, but we both shoot on cameras uh, that have removable media. Um, and, like, the, my new camera is an HD camera. It shoots on SD cards. But it doesn't have any internal memory at all. Um, and, and part of the thinking behind that is that, first of all, if you have removable media, you never have to worry about getting it to a computer to, you know, to transfer the stuff off and clear the memory. Right. But more importantly, if you, if you drop the camera off a mountain or into a Creek or, you know, you do some sort of horrible thing to your camera, you only lose the amount of footage that's on that SD card, uh, which, you know, might only be an hour. Whereas if you had an internal memory going, you might have, you know, you might destroy your camera and lose 15, 20 hours worth of stuff, you know? So, um, the removal media is kind of uh, a key part of that. So, and, uh, and I think you know people should keep that in mind if they're when they're buying a camera for, for outdoor shooting.
0: That, that was one of the questions I had for you. Was uh, I mean, there had to be times where you had rain, sleet, or snow, or you, you fell in a creek, or you know, the, there had to have been times where you lost footage because you dunked your camera. Is that true, or are you pretty pretty good about protecting it, and uh, have you not had those issues?
1: I'm pretty good at taking care of my camera. I, I also I carry a uh, I, I, and some of the shots in my movie are actually from my um, my still camera, which is waterproof and shot proof and freeze proof. It's one of those um, I forget one of those tough uh, It's the it's the brand Canon or whoever that is. But um, so like some of the shots and you know and I know the the video quality isn't going to be as good and I know the sound is going to be kind of crappy, but at least I know that I'll get the shot you know like I'll get a shot that I can try and clean up a little bit later in post so I sort of have my primary camera which is you know the one I use most of the time and the one I take care of Um, but you know that's Inside, you know, if it, if I start feeling any drops of rain, that goes inside a ziplock and inside another ziplock, and then, you know, and sometimes, depending on the weather, it gets buried inside the pack. Um, and then I'll, you know, and then I'll shoot, you know, if I want to shoot something, um, like if I, if I, if I say to myself, like, boy, oh, you know, this is so miserable that I want to get some footage of it, I'll, I'll shoot something with this still camera, right. um, the video. But I, the only time I've ever had a problem was, uh, on the PTT, it wasn't rain or hail or snow. It was actually fog. Yeah, uh, we were walking moisture. through this. We were walking, yeah, We were walking through this really dense, wet fog. And I was shooting as we were walking through it, and all of a sudden, a warning came up on the screen that said something about like, uh, like condensation warning or something like that. And then the camera just turned itself off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, uh, did I just break the camera? And then it, you know, I turned it off uh, or it turned itself off. And then when it dried out enough, when the internal parts of it uh, dried out enough, it, it came back on. But that was it. the only time I've ever actually had a problem with uh, thinking that I'd broken my camera. wasn't It was fog that did it,
0: it. Yeah. Appeared. Wow. So, and I mean, uh, if you've never thru-hiked, you probably don't fully appreciate what what a pain it would be to carry that that whole way. How much did your um, camera weigh? Your movie camera? Not not really your digital, but.
1: Yeah, I, you know the whole thing, like the, all the things that I carried. I think all together, and this is this will sound ridiculous uh, the, to people that through hike or even people planning on it through hike, because everyone's about getting their weight as light as possible. But I think all of my camera equipment together weighs about five pounds. Um, uh, that, but you know that's the sort of thing where I, you know, I've made some, I've made some choices about what what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, and. You know, and there's weight involved. Like, I, I actually carry a full-size tripod um, with me. And, you know, for, for a lot of people, that would be just absolutely insane to do. And for most of the time I'm hiking, I don't need it or use it. But, as you know, there, you know in each of my movies, there are two or three shots that I absolutely couldn't have gotten uh, if I didn't have a tripod with me. And, and, you know, just that makes it worth it. But then I carry uh, – so I've got my camera – I've got about three batteries, uh, two of which are very heavy. <laughs> um, they're four-hour-long batteries, the charger for those batteries, um, my still camera, a battery for that, a spare for that, a charger for that. Uh, I carry a stick pick, uh, stuff to clean the lens, um, the little fanny pack that I have all the stuff in. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it sort of... It adds up definitely, and then you know, whatever the media is—in this case, SD cards, which really don't weigh anything. But um, and, and you know, actually, another another thing for anyone that that wants to that wants to film. Uh, the fanny pack thing is great because you always have the camera at hand um, you know you can't really I, I, when I started the PCT I had it in a bag that I actually clipped to the back of my backpack but I had to take the backpack off every time I wanted to film and that just wasn't working you know you want, you want to have it right at hand because you never know when you'll, you'll want to take it out to right. something. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty heavy, all of it together. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I know what you mean because there's a lot of things. I usually hike with my camera in my pocket, you know, just a little digital camera. And there's a million, million yeah. things I would have missed if I didn't have very quick access to get a shot of that rattlesnake or a shot of that bear or whatever it is. So, uh, right. and, and even sometimes the people moments, I mean, they're fleeting. You've got to be on them quickly because, uh, you know, if you're going to capture the moment, you've got to be there. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely, and and you, you do like, um, I mean, I found that you know I think my original theory behind not having it right at hand was I sort of felt like well I'm going to be setting up most of these shots, you know I'm going to be framing them I'm going to be you know because in my mind I'm like well I'm a filmmaker you know like I'm going to be composing shots <laughs> right um, you know and and while I do, you know I do that a fair amount of the time. Um, You know, there's nothing, you know, there's so many times that you're saying where, like, boy, if you didn't have it right at hand, you just wouldn't get the shot. And um, you've got to have it available. Like, you you almost want it to be on, you know, five seconds before you think of it. Yeah,
0: So so, Jester. I gotta ask you because I know from through hiking myself. There's just times where you don't want to shoot. You don't feel like shooting. Um, you know, you're, you're just beat down. I mean, were there times where you didn't carry your camera? Or did you have it with you all the time? And were you you pretty good about pulling it out? Because sometimes it's those times when you're really down that uh, are so powerful on film. You know. I I
1: pretty much always have my camera with me. I I um, you know I sort of uh, it, it's one of those things where. Um... You know, I, I'm doing it through, hike, so that's actually the important thing. Um, and, you know, and filming it is kind of a secondary thing. Um, and I've, you know, often had the debate with myself, like, well, if your camera broke, would you keep hiking or would you wait until you could replace it and then pick up where you where you left off? And, I, you know, in my mind, I, I sort of feel like, well, I'd keep hiking and i try and figure out how to deal with that in the editing afterwards because you're really hiking um, and you're filming it, not the other way around. Um, but I you know, I do have a camera the whole time. um, Or two (laughs) cameras the whole time. Um, And, um, you know, and I do, you know, now that the the first time around, again, I sort of didn't know if I was going to produce something uh, or if I was going to be able to produce something that that I could actually sell. And I sort of figured, well, if I can't do that, at least I'll have some videos I can throw up on YouTube or I can, you know, little clips here and there. Uh, I figured I would, find something to do with the footage but you know now that I now that I sort of have two under my under my belt I sort of feel like I kind of know what I'm doing so um, <laughs> so yeah I'll, I'll pretty much always have a camera with me
0: when I'm hiking yeah sure well yeah, pra- practice makes perfect too the more you do it I'm sure the easier it gets I mean is, is this a labor of love for you just to kind of capture the experience or I mean can you actually if you have enough of these films could you could you truly make a full-time gig out of it
1: You know, I don't know I'm certainly not making a full-time Job out of it right now Um, I, I kind of in my mind I sort of figured that If I had like And I don't know if I'll make this many movies But I sort of figured if I had five or six movies out um that you know that's the number of films that would enable me to uh, to not really have to do another job and just to spend all my time promoting the movies and and you know going to screenings and and giving talks and doing and, and going on hikes.
0: Um, I was gonna say that sounds like a pretty sweet gig to me. just just Wait, fo- focusing on filming and focusing on uh, promoting and hiking that sounds like it'd be the uh, the ultimate dream of a lot of people.
1: Right, yeah, I mean, if you can figure out <laughs> how, to, how to make the hiking part of it pay, right? I mean, right now, I, I, I certainly... I the Where I am right now in the whole grand scheme of things is that the movies are paying for the next hike, um, which is great, right? I mean, they, they don't pay for my living expenses uh, when I'm not hiking, but they they do pay. You know, I have a separate account, all the money goes into that, and, and that pays for the next hike. And that certainly, you know, a lot of people would love to to have that but I, I sort of feel like it's not you know it's it's not really I mean the money is nice but I sort of feel like I, I'm at this point I'm doing the filming for the same reason I'm doing the hiking which is that I really really enjoy it I my my first through hike of the Appalachian Trail I I didn't really hike that because I loved hiking. I was having all sorts of, I called it an existential crisis hike, which is a lot of people, uh, on the AT that have something going on in their life and they need to figure things out. Definitely. Um, and it's, and, and they're, they're not out there because they love backpacking, you know. Um, but, you know, ever since that hike, um, the reason why I'm out there is that, you know, I really enjoy it and I, and I'm actually, I sort of feel like I'm really good at it. You know, like it's something, it's something that I'm actually good at doing. Uh, the hiking and so I sort of feel that way about the filmmaking as well is, is that I really enjoy putting the movies together I love um, when you know getting getting emails from people or, or being at the PCT kickoff and having someone come up to me and tell me that you know the, one of the reasons they're out there the, is that they were, saw my movie and were inspired to, to give, to like it a try. And, you know, and so that, like, that obviously makes you feel great. Although I always apologize, you know, if someone says, like, you know, I'm not here because I saw your movie, I always go, like, I'm so sorry for what's about to happen to you. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> and don't blame me. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I love doing it, and I sort of feel like I'm good at it. So uh, so pretty much the same as the hiking. And the, and the fact that, at this point, it's paying for the next hikes is just a, it's a bonus, you
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'd love to ask you some questions about the CDT, because I know probably less about that than the other two major trails, the, the Pacific Crest and the uh, AT. Um, I, I'm curious to ask you, because in the video, they showed a, a truck taking you guys to the start of the trail. Did you get rides from the... Uh, The the conference folks, or how did you get to the start of the trail?
1: To get to the beginning of the trail. Yeah, Yeah, so, um, well, the the AT is obviously easy because you just sort of fly down to. (laughs) <laughs> fly down to atlanta and then uh you know you can arrange a ride there but there you know there all the trails have shuttle you know people that do shuttles at the beginning and the end. um and like the, the pct has this like weirdly efficient and organized network of trail angels uh in southern california uh that shuttle people to the beginning um I mean, you, you call them up, you tell them what time you're flying into San Diego uh, or you're getting a train or a bus there or whatever and you know if, if they can't uh, get you and take you they contact someone else and pass you on to the next person, and you, you know you've got a place to stay that night, and you know, and then a ride down to the border the next morning. And the CDT a little tougher, and, it, and it's probably going to get really tough. Um, there's there's two different, uh, well, actually three different starting points depending on your point of view. Uh, if you're northbound on the CDT, and where we started Crazy Cook, we got a ride from a guy named Sam Hughes, who like for years was this guy in Hachita, New Mexico, that uh, that shuttled hikers. High- to the beginning of the trail because it's it's not like 30 miles of dirt road you know it's sort of you've seen the movie it's sort of yeah. in the middle of nowhere yeah um and but he was everyone's go to guy and unfortunately uh Sam Sam actually died this past year um or earlier this year I should say um and you know and he's he's a character they you know they definitely they broke the mold after they built Sam Hughes so I mean he's going to be missed for a lot of reasons but he's definitely going to be missed by by people who want to start a crazy cook I don't know uh if anyone is sort of picking up the picking up his mantle on this planet on, on um on Getting people down to the border there, but I know that um, there's also uh, so there's another route called the Columbus route, uh, and there's a trail angel named Keith that lives in Columbus uh, that you know you know will pick people up from anywhere and get you know get them down to the trail and he caches water for people. So um, you know, and, and all the trails there, there's some good people at the beginning that kind of help you out along the way, you, you, uh, getting you getting you to, getting you at least to the beginning. Right,
0: right. <laughs> you, you actually hit on one of my other questions. For you and I, I, knew there were two routes, and it sounds like there might actually be three kind of uh, routes that, that through hikers follow. Which route did you take? Which one's the most popular? Can you kind of compare and contrast the different routes and uh, why some choose to take one over yeah. the other?
1: Uh, so yeah, the CDT is kind of weird because there are three different beginning points, two of which are pretty close to one another. There's, there's Crazy Cook, which is where we start, and there's Antelope Wells, which is just a border crossing, and that's sort of one you go to if you if you can't arrange a ride because it's, you know it's just a it's on a road. Uh, the Columbus route also is a little bit um, logistically simpler to get to because it also you know where it starts there is a town. Um, I mean, the thing about the CDT, and there's two different ending points. I mean, the thing about the CDT is that there are so many different possible routes. Um, You know, it's not really even two or three. It's dozens and dozens and dozens of different decisions you can make about what way to go. And I think that, you know, almost nobody hikes the same route um, you know like not just you know from when you, but every single person is hiking a slightly different route from everybody else uh, which is one of the reasons why you don't hear a lot you know you always hear people like attempting speed records on the AT and the PCT, Uh because they're very well defined routes and everyone knows you know where the trail is and if you say that you set a record on it everyone knows exactly where you hike whereas on the CDT if you said you would set a speed record on the CDT there'd be of this whole raft of questions about you know what you know did you take this route did you take the creed cutoff did you take the anaconda cutoff did you take a you know did, did you take the the, the butte uh, the the whatever it's called the big sky alternate route there's like there's like so many different routes and even you know is, so there's you know there's the official like. What was the CD before the CDPA went out of business? There was the official CDPA route. Um, and I, 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 have a sneaking suspicion that might actually start in Columbus, maybe. I'm uh, not quite sure. So, uh, but you know, there are the, there are the Jonathan Lay maps, but there's multiple routes on those. There's the red route and the purple route. Um, and there, you know, it, there's just so many different variations that the, the CDT is very much a, uh, a choose your own adventure kind of trail. So, so it's
0: it, about seventy percent complete. Is that what I understand? I mean, I guess it depends on how you define complete and which route. But um...
1: Um, yeah, I don't know the number. I, I, it's they say seventy percent complete, and a lot of people think that means that thirty percent of the time you're wandering around the middle of nowhere. Um, but I think what really what that number means is that. Seventy uh, percent of the trail is where they want it to be, um, and they still have, you know, in some cases, you know, in, in the same sense that like the AT used to go through the Cumberland Valley in Pennsylvania all on roadwalks, and it was like thirty-six miles of roadwalk, and now it's not, you know, so. Um, so, in that sense, like that part of the AT wasn't complete, but you weren't getting lost. You know, you were like, it was actual, you know, you could follow it. And a lot of it, most of the time the CDT is like that. You know, like if it's in if it's an area that's not where it's supposed to be, you're like, a lot of times you're really, you're on a dirt road. Right. Um, so, like, funny enough, the parts that aren't complete are not necessarily the places where you get lost. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sort of the opposite of what people think. But, um, I, I mean, the, the places that I got lost uh, frequently, uh, <laughs> every day, um, the places I got lost, you know, were, were where the trail was supposed to be. It's just, there just might not be, uh, you know, a treadway, like an actual footbed uh, for you to follow. And sometimes you're going from these wooden posts to wooden posts or from cairn to cairn, um, and sometimes... You really are you know, like you're bushwhacking along a river, but the river's there, and you know you're supposed to be walking along it. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times it's it's not that it's not that there's that it's not complete. It sort of is complete, and and I, you know, from what I understand, though, like I you know I've talked to people that hike the trail for, even just as recently as five or six years ago, and it's apparently much much easier to follow. Uh, now than just five or six years ago, they've done a lot of work on it, and um, and I, you know, and that's astounding to me because I got lost all the time. Uh, so I can only I can, only, I can only imagine what it was like five or six years ago. You know, you know
0: that was one thing that one of the main takeaways I had from your movie uh, Jester was that it, the route finding was no joke. That that in the water in New Mexico looked like it was uh, not easy to find too. But um, I also didn't realize that there were. You looked like you guys had some pretty lengthy road walks at times. Times as well, if, if I uh, if I saw that correctly, um, is there? I mean, is there very many like 10, 15, 20 mile plus roadwalks?
1: Yeah, there, I mean, there, there are a fair amount of roadwalks, but again, like mo- most of the time, those roadwalks aren't on asphalt. Um, you know, there's there's one really long roadwalk into uh, Lord uh, was it Lordsburg? No, I'm sorry, Silver City. Uh, there's a long uh, there's a long roadwalk into that that's on asphalt. Um, there's, you know, when you're leaving, uh, right, you know, right as you enter the Great Divide Basin, you have a bit of a road walk. On asphalt. Uh, most of the time, you know, there, there are a lot of road walks, to be perfectly honest with you, by the way, but much of the time it's dirt. You're on a dirt road or you're on a cheap road or two track or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and they're, they're technically considered roads and it's technically considered road walking, but it isn't, it isn't hard on your feet, you know, and on your body the way, the way regular, you know, asphalt road walking is because everyone, everyone hates that, you know, everyone hates, Asphalt road walking. And, uh, you know, most of the time you're on a dirt road and there's no traffic on it. And, and um, a lot of that, there's a lot of that in New Mexico. Um, and then you get it again uh, to a certain extent when you get up into Montana. Um, but funny enough, though, like we actually we hated the road walking in New Mexico, but we loved the road walking in Montana because by the time we got to Montana, we, were, we had a lot of, you know, we had to do a lot of miles every day um. We were kind of late in the year, and being on a road meant you weren't going to get lost. Yeah, right. Um, so we, so we, we hated the roads in New Mexico, and we loved them in Montana.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed you guys were pushing the seasons. If I remember, you finished like in early October, and it looked like you got caught by snow there at the end. So, and I, I you know, that border crossing that you guys have at the very end, I'd hiked a section of the CDT in there, and I remember buzzing up to the uh, to the border just to check it out. So I, I recognized that spot exactly. Yeah. You mentioned yeah, was, um, Jester, you mentioned earlier that there's um, the, the trail club that is no longer involved or there cease to exist. Can you can you talk a little bit about the, the main the main governing body for the C D T?
1: Yeah, I you know the um, so while and it's funny enough, while we were on trail in two thousand and twelve, the C D T A which was the the sort of organization, the nonprofit that kind of ran the trail, coordinated uh, the building of it and the maintaining of it. Uh, In 2012, while we were on the trail, that organization went out of business um, and kind of, you know, and shut down. And um, and so everyone sort of wondered, like, oh, man, what's going to happen next? You know, and... um, and so, you know, out of that, you know, uh, came uh, this organization uh, called the CDTC, which is a, a Cannell DeBattio Coalition, and it's made up. My understanding is it's made up mostly of kind of the, the staffers, the younger people from the previous organization. Um, and yeah, like I, you know, I've talked to a bunch of them. They, they're, they sort of, they have, they have a lot of energy. They understand social media. They sort of understand you know what they can and can't do with the money they have um and you know and they're they're definitely they're definitely working hard I mean I, I I'm kind of like I'm definitely throwing my support behind them even more so you know I'm a member of APC I'm a member of DCTA um you know they'll always get my money every year you know because they're, they're doing a good job they're, they're doing important work but I'm definitely throwing you know as much support as I can behind the CDTC because they really need help <laughs> right. and uh you know and, and they're you know and they're they're doing a good job with what they have um but uh, but they definitely they're, they're an organization that is just starting out and you know and you can actually make an impact by helping them you know so um, so I'm definitely I'm definitely doing that I'm making make, making my best effort to help them as much as I can yeah
0: they've got a lot of miles to cover too that's by far the longest of the three trails so um, well, right
1: and 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 you know the thing about the TDTC uh, as well is like not, you know, the, the ATC is so close to large population centers, um, you know, so many people already know about it, so your pool of volunteers is a lot higher, um, you know, and, and so you have more miles covering the CBT, you have fewer people from, from whom you can sort of draw a volunteer pool, and because there are fewer people that hike it every year, you know, smaller uh, membership base to work with, so they they definitely have some challenges, but uh, they're doing a good job.
0: Do you have do you have, um, do you have a, a your most memorable moment that from the CDT that you can kind of share with us?
1: Um, is, is I, you it, know, I, I honestly I honestly think that the most memorable moment, just only because it had never happened before, was. Um, was seeing a grizzly bear for the first time, oh, yeah. um, and um, you know, I, and it it was it was pretty amazing. It was exactly you know I, I told people before the hike, you know I'd love to see a grizzly bear, but only under these circumstances, you this know, and I right. had sort of a, a list of like. It should be in a field that the trail doesn't go through. It should be in the morning, so I'm not going into camp. It should be, you know, far enough away that uh, the bear is comfortable with me being there, but close enough that I can get it on film. And you know, I had this whole list of, you know, things that I wanted to have happen for my grizzly bear experience. And you know, and it turns out that every one of those things is exactly what happened. So. and it was just an absolutely amazing experience to, to be to be there, like in this in this field with a grizzly bear looking at you. Like she knew I was there, right. um, and uh, and just you know and took a look at me, checked me out for a second, and went just went about her business. You know, she had other things to do.
0: I noticed you had your bear spray out there a couple times in the movie.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We all we started we started carrying bear spray in. Um, um, where did we pick it up? Right before going into the Wind River Range in Wyoming, because we knew sort of like the 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 northern part of the Wind River Range seemed, from what everyone was saying, to be kind of the the, the southern limits of the grizzly bear kind of you know range or whatever. Um, and so uh, most of us had bear spray, picked up bear spray at some point in Wyoming, um, and uh, ne- you know never had to use it, but. Um, You know, first of all, um, it it sort of is kind of like a little bit of a, you know, mental thing. Like, you feel better just having it, even if you never end up using it. Right. But also, it sort of, you know, it made me feel comfortable doing certain things that I wouldn't have otherwise done if I didn't have some sort of protection with me. Like, you know, like night hiking, like into twilight and into the early evening, is something I probably wouldn't have been comfortable doing if I weren't with a group of people and those people had bear spray. <laughs> yeah. um, so sometimes it allows you to feel comfortable doing things, you know, it, it sort of uh, removes some limitations from you if you have it as well. So, um, and, you know, and the year, the last year uh, in the Bob Marshall wilderness, about two weeks before we got there, uh, a guy was attacked by a bear in his tent and had bear spray with him and fogged the hole inside the tent and ended up Surviving, so um, you know it does. It does apparently come in handy from time to time.
0: Yeah, it looked like in the movie that you guys had actually gotten a bear spray out for a moose at one point. If I uh, if I saw that correctly, but um, anyway. So so I wanted to ask you too. Um, in terms of sections of the CDT, is there a certain section that you'd call your favorite and that you'd love to go back and maybe spend a weekend?
1: Uh, I definitely want to go back to, well, three places. Wind River Range, uh, which is absolutely gorgeous, um, and is pretty large. And so we, I, I sort of feel like I only saw, like, a small slice of an incredibly beautiful place. Um, and, you know, I saw some good slices of it, but there's there's a lot more to explore there. Um, backpacking. Um, I'd, I'd like to go back to Yellowstone with a car. Um, which may sound kind of strange, but right. it's such a it's such a big park, and again, like we, you know, where we got to hike was really beautiful, um, but. There are so many bits and pieces of that park And, you know, like, oh, the best place to see wolves is up here And, you know, if you want to see herds of bison, you go over here And, you know, these places are all so far apart from one another If you don't have a car And so I, I kind of like to go back to Yellowstone with a car And then go out on, like, two- or three-day uh, backpacking trips But be able to have the freedom to move about the park um, And then, you know, and then go backpacking from there And then, obviously, I, I kind of, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil what happens in the movie but for, for reasons that are apparent to you I do need to get back to Glacier um, and do a little bit more hiking in Glacier uh, in Montana so uh, it's also incredibly also incredibly beautiful but I, I didn't see as much of it as I wanted
0: to so yeah I've done a few trips in Glacier and it's, it's, it's amazing it's I think one of the most beautiful Parks in the in the United States, and I've been to Denali, which I thought was pretty fascinating, and Glacier just blew me away. I mean, I thought it was awesome. So I could see why you'd want to get back there (laughs) for sure. And uh, you know, again, I won't spoil how the movie ends, but uh, I understand your motivation as well um so let let me ask you this question because you've hiked the at you've hiked the pct as well um how do you how does the cdt stack up in terms of your favorite trail if you were well you're going to do the at again so maybe i already answered the question but um
1: how do you you compare it's kind of weird yeah people people will ask me what you know what my favorite trail is and it's a really hard question to answer because i you know i like them all for different reasons you know um and obviously, the AT has its its sort of charm for me, only based you know if only based on the fact that it was my first long distance trail. But um, and and part of the reason I'm I'm most likely going to do it again, um, you know, it does have to, be, to do with the fact that you know the last I hiked it 13 years ago, um, and you know I I, I sort of. Uh, at least right now I, I go through this thing where like um, when I finish a trail, I hate backpacking
2: right.
1: uh, and I never and I never want to go backpacking again and I never want to do a long distance trail again and then it's sort of like the people you know if you meet women who uh, who go through childbirth and they swear they'll never have have another child again and then like three or four years later they want to have another child yeah, so they end up sort of forgetting all the bad parts. Uh, of, of what happened and only remember the good parts and want to do it again. So, like, right now, I'm sort of, like, with the CDT, I'm sort of still remembering a lot of the bad things. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, that I still, I still know... I still, like, actually... Uh, know and remember the fact that not every day was joyful. Um, and, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm just far enough from the PCT that in my mind, every single day was wonderful. Yeah. Um, and, and the AT. I sort of like I can sort of barely have to like go through my journal to remind myself of things that happened because it was so long ago to me. Um, so I, I kind of want to do the AT again for you know partially for that reason is that I you know want to get back and, and kind of reexperience it and um, and and see you know see small places remind myself of my last hike and uh, but also you know get a whole new perspective on the AT because uh, it's changed a lot uh, in you know in the in the past couple of years so. Um, It'll be, it'll be pretty much a completely
0: different hike in my mind. So. Yeah, yeah. Hostels come and go, too, especially on the Appalachian Trail. So, you know, just the hostel yeah. experience alone can completely change, you know, every few years or so. Um, so uh, you, you mentioned this, Jester. I'm curious to ask you because I, I know the highs and lows that go with through hiking. And uh, I'm just kind of curious to, to if, if you could share maybe your lowest moment on the CDT hike and maybe your, your most exciting or your best moment. And whether it's a trail magic moment or, or
1: whatever I'd be very curious to hear them <laughs> I think my oh man lowest moment I don't you know it's funny because it's sort of like I, like certainly getting rain on for two weeks straight in Colorado was pretty low um <laughs> you know at a certain point I was like man what's, like it's like I'm on the AT Dad. you yeah. know everything's starting to smell mold everything's starting to smell moldy right. <laughs> um but I, you know, but probably not, not the lowest moment. But maybe my worst moment was, uh, and I, I only sort of touched briefly on this in the movie. Uh, but when I got lost uh, in the San Juans, uh, and I was by myself, um, and by the time I realized I was lost, I was completely off the map, um, and and I and and I sort of shorted myself on food, so. Even when I even when I finally figured out what I had to do to get back on trail, um, you know it took me most of a day to get back um, to to where like it took me you know about half a day to get lost. Uh, <laughs> I spent half a day getting lost and you know, and half of a morning trying to figure out if I could bushwhack uh, back to the trail, and then and then about another half a day getting back to the trail, and you know. In in so doing, I ran out of food, and so I spent the day going into uh, Silverton. Uh, It was about a 27-mile hike that day, and all I had to eat was olive oil and Parmesan cheese, Um, and that was not fun. Uh, (laughs) In my mind, I'm hiking in this, like, gorgeous place, and, you know, I just wasn't really appreciating it because I was, uh, you know, Definitely trying to race to town and just like chugging a thing of olive oil um, <laughs> every every hour or so, taking another step. I, I remember
0: um, I remember the scene from the movie where you're in the hotel after you uh, had just right, gotten yeah, into town. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> well, what about high moments? I mean, like one of the most exciting, most fun moments you had on the trail.
1: Um, I, you know, I think uh, just in terms of fun and ex- and excitement. Uh, going through Yellowstone was so fun, um, partially because they force you to camp in particular places. Right. Um, and so, you know, it was almost like a vacation from through hiking, like in the middle of the hike because, you know, you're doing, you know, you're doing however many miles you're doing, you're doing 17, 18 miles a day, 20 miles a day. And then you get to Yellowstone, and you're kind of forced to put the brakes on by, you know, whatever schedule they have you on. So maybe you're only doing eight miles one day, uh, and then, you know, the next day you're doing 12 miles or something like that. Um, because it's just what, you know, whatever campsites are available, uh, and you, you sort of have to reserve them in advance. And and you get your, you get your list of campsites, and they, and then it was like, aside from the fact that it's absolutely beautiful, and it's just you know the geysers are just astounding to me. I don't even, you know, it's mind-boggling what they are and how they work, and right. um, and, and you know, so incredibly beautiful, but also like the leisure to actually enjoy them. Um, you know, being forced to slow down, um, and so I, I think that you know that hike through uh, through Yellowstone for me was was really one of my favorite. Uh, and and you know most you know exciting is not the right word I guess but it's one of my one of my favorite things. It didn't necessarily have to do with you know like the Wind River Range is absolutely gorgeous and Glacier is just gorgeous. These are visually stunning places. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, even in those places, we're rushing, you know, the whole time. So being forced to slow down to enjoy Yellowstone is probably one of, one of the best
0: parts of it. Yeah, yeah, I loved Yellowstone. I've done a number of trips there, and I, I, it's just it's an amazing place. And it, there's plenty of reason to be fearful of Grizzly in Yellowstone as well. Um, so so it sounds like you're going to do the AT. Have you committed to a, a date for this yet, or is it still kind of uh, in the works?
1: Um, I, you know, I'm still figuring out what I'm doing next year. I'm actually hiking the. Uh, my mom has decided to hike the Camino de Santiago. Oh, yes. She's 69 years old. Wow. she's 69 years old and when she does it. It's awesome. gonna be her first long distance hike. Um, and uh, so she wants me to go with her. So I'm going to do that next year. Um, and you know, maybe I'll do something shorter uh, on top of that. Um, so that I, I think the earliest I would do the AT is 2015. So I haven't really, I haven't really planned much or figured out what I'm going to do, or even if I'm going to do it that year, but it's 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 the next big thing I'll do. Definitely, um, it's just a just a matter of when.
0: So the Camino is that Spain, France, Italy, kind of in that area.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's Spain. It starts like kind of right. I think it actually starts in France. Like I think it starts across the border. Uh, I, you know, frankly, I don't even know. She's doing all the planning. <laughs> That's <Gotcha. laughs> it. <laughs> it's her it's her hike. I'm just along for the ride. I think like I'm I'm going to be like maybe doing uh, some like sure. Duties like I'll have, you know, for her, her carrying like a you nice, know, like six or seven pound pack, and then I'll be carrying like a thirty five or forty pound pack full of like shoes, um, but, um, and dresses for town. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, she's she's doing most of the planning for it. But I think yeah, I think it actually starts in France, right across the border, and then goes about five miles through uh, northern Spain, and then kind of ends in in one particular town. But then most people do a couple of extra days and end up at the ocean. Um, so um, yeah, it should be it should be a fun hike. But yeah, it's that's really it's really my mom's hike. I'm just I'm along for the ride. So are, is there any
0: is there any chance that uh, there's going to be a Film that comes out of this uh, consistent with your other uh, major trips.
1: The Camino you know, again, like I'm, I'm definitely going to film. <laughs> <So that's laughs> I'm, always, I'm, always, I'm always filming, but um, I'm you know not sure what exactly I'll do with that footage. So right. I, I mean, if I if I if I did make uh, a movie about it, it would be very very different from uh, the PCT and the CBT movies. Uh, it would be it would have to be kind of its own. Its own thing, you know. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'm always, I'm always filming. So uh, <laughs>
0: who knows what'll happen? I, I was going to ask you two questions, and you teed me up perfectly to ask you these two questions. First of all, what other major trails are on your wish list? And second, how in the world do you find the time to do these long distance, you know, <laughs> six month, uh, five six month trips? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's uh, it's tough. I mean, I I definitely. Um, I think, you know, probably what I'll do is uh you know, obviously the A T again, I've talked about doing that. And then I kinda I, in the back of my mind, the next interesting thing to me would be the North Country Trail, which is really long. Yeah. Forty six hundred miles long or something like that. It's right. <laughs> some, ridic- some ridiculous some ridiculous length. Um, but uh but that's but that's kind of interesting to me. It's it's places I haven't hiked before, um, and things I haven't seen and you know, it would take uh you know, there are fewer people that have through-hiked it, so maybe a little bit more planning. Um, and then, you know, and after that, I mean, I, you know, ideally I would end up hiking all of the National Scenic Trails. <laughs> that would be perfect. You know, if, <laughs> if on the day I died I finished the last of the National Scenic Trails, I would actually be really happy with myself. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely more. And, and, you know, like you're saying, I mean, the problem isn't the hiking. The problem is trying to figure out, Um, How do you find the time to do that? So, um, you know, Yogi Yogi once, you know, had this sort of thing about, you know, talking about how you do that, like how you do multiple trails. And, you know, it was basically, you know, just the first thing you have to do is not – Entangle yourself financially, uh, you know, like don't buy a new house, don't buy a new car, like you know, if uh, you know, if it's that important to you, don't get married and don't have kids, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you know, and and you know, and if, and if you do those things, you know, if you you know, kind of minimize your expenses, uh, minimize the, the money you would have to pay while you were away, um then through hiking actually isn't that expensive, right? right. So, you so, know, I mean, if you think about, like, I think about that, you know, I have friends that go down to the Jersey Shore. I'm in, I'm in Philadelphia or outside of Philadelphia, and I have friends that go down to the Jersey Shore, and they'll pay, like, $1,000 a week for a shore house yeah. uh, or more, you know, and I can go hiking for five months for $5,000, <laughs> you know. That's, exactly. that's, that's That's five weeks of shore house for them, and that's just the cost of the shore house, you Right, know? right. Um... So it's, it's not that expensive to do as long as you don't have, like, a mortgage, you know, like other things that you have to be paying while you're doing it. Um, and, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's something, you know, you do, if you're the sort of person that wants to do a lot of long-distance trails, you're also going to have to be willing to give up some stuff, you know. You're not going to have... new car like ever you know i'm driving a 1992 ford ranger like my my truck is old enough to drink (laughs) Um, but (laughs) that's one of the things you know it's just like you know would i like a brand new car absolutely you know but uh would i rather hike the north country trail yes you know definitely right um so you know, if you if you sort of you know keep that in mind that what you're going for are experiences rather than things, you know that, that's what you're spending your money on, and then you just save and save and save, and then you then you go hiking. You know, I'm I'm not the sort of person that I I don't get to do it every year. You know, I get to I normally get to go hiking like once every four years on a long distance trail, because um, that's how long it takes me to save up enough money. Um, but other people, you know, they they spend less money than I do, and they you know maybe work. Three jobs instead of two jobs or whatever, and, and, um, you know, and then they don't have any fun when they're not hiking. Uh, and then they can go out hiking every year, you know, or every other year, so, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's something, you know, you can figure it out if you really want to do it, you know, but if you, uh, you know, for all the people that are, you know, they're in their 40s, and they've got kids, and they've got a house, and they've got a new car. You know, the whole, the whole thing I always tell them is, you know, I mean, a lot of retired people out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that sounds... Hang on, and don't, hang on and don't blow out your knees, and you'll, you you too, will do a long-distance trip.
0: Jester, what you just described sounds very familiar to me. The, the 40s mortgage with kids, I uh, get that. You're right, it, it definitely holds you back from getting out there. Um, do you have any like any final parting advice for anybody that's contemplating a CDT through hike?
1: Any advice? Um, I, well, the one thing I would say is that I do really honestly recommend planning well enough that you're starting with someone else, um, because for a number of reasons. But uh, that's that's the only trail I've ever done where I actually made a point. You know. I, you know, I knew six months before I started it who I was starting with, um, and we were, and we all committed to making sure we had enough money to do it, and that we were all going to meet, and we were all going to start on the same day. Um, you know, partially because you could, like I said, you could, you could very easily, you know, even now, even with like a hundred people out there. I mean, the year that I hiked, I think there were maybe we figured out probably about sixty people trying to do the whole thing. Um, so, as you can imagine, it would be very easy to get on the trail and never see anyone. Um, right. And, uh, you know, so it's probably, I mean, it's a lot easier to keep track of and bump into people if you want to now because so many people have smartphones and their Facebook pages for each class year and people are communicating with one another. And that certainly wasn't the case a number of years ago. But you could still go very, very far before bumping into another through hiker. I mean, the group I was traveling with through, uh, pretty much all of Wyoming, well, let's see, I'm trying to think now, definitely all of Montana, I mean, we didn't see, I didn't see any other thru-hikers other than the people we were traveling with, um, and, you know, and, and not even any day hikers, I mean, we saw hunters, um, but we didn't see people out on weekends, we didn't see, you know, there was nobody out there, so starting with someone else. Even if you're not a social person, um, it's nice to start with someone else, and it's definitely good to be with someone else in terms of navigating. Um,
2: yeah, I'm sure.
1: Not only, yeah, not not only because you know it's, it's nice to have someone with you when you are lost, but also I find that it seems like when you're with a group or there's you know two people or three people. Um, you know, and you're and you're breaking out the maps, and you're kind of looking. Someone always figures out uh, where you are and where you're going, um, and it's and it's different people each time. But um, you know, I think if you're by yourself, a lot of people, and I'm def- this is definitely true of me, have a habit of sort of trying to conform the landscape to the map. Um, when, when, you know, when it's not correct and going like, oh, well, that looks like that, and so this must be this, and, you know, like, it, it doesn't match, but you're, you know, you're so desperate to have it match um, that you can kind of convince yourself uh, that uh, that you know what you're looking at and, you know it, it, you know, it only takes doing that once to get you completely, uh, <laughs> completely screwed up. But, you know, if you're with a group, there's always someone who's like, no, no, that's not that mountain, that's not, you know. That's that's an incline that's a, you know or like that's you know that can't possibly be that elevation and there's always there's always a voice of reason if you have a couple of
0: people yeah you actually have a very good uh, a, a very good section of the movie that's de- dedicated to the different versions of lost I like that that was pretty funny <laughs> D- do you do you want to promote your um, your website I know you got a Facebook page you got a website I'm sure you probably have a Twitter account just to, if, if somebody wants to yeah, buy oh you, know, no,
1: you know what I I don't understand Twitter at all <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> okay. All <laughs> those hashtags start popping up, but, like, I don't know what that means. But I do have I do have a Facebook page uh, for each movie. So the PCT movie is Wizards of the PCT, uh, and the CDT one is Embrace the Brutality. And if you go on Facebook, you can punch either of those in and find it. And then the website, uh, the website's address is actually the name of the or, uh, URL is the... Name of the production company, which is tbwproductions.com. Uh, dot but I also the addresses for both movies go to the same place. So if you put in wizards of the PCTcom or embrace the brutality com, it all goes. It all goes to the same page. So uh, and then the website has a whole bunch of you know aside from being a place where you buy the movies. Um, It also has a lot of free content on there, all the short films uh, that I've put together from kind of the extra footage uh, and outtake reels and and other things, uh, little uh, music video pieces and stuff. Uh, That's all free stuff that's on the the website as well.
0: I I just liked your Facebook page, so uh, you just went up one like. Congratulations. Hey, well, well Jester, I, I can't thank you enough for taking some time to tell us about your uh, adventures on the CDT. As I said, I loved your show, which is why you and I started communicating initially. So uh, I'll be looking forward to your next movie movie on the Camino.
2: Yeah, I will see. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> All
0: right, Jester. Thank, thanks for being on the show. All
1: right, show. thanks very much. Bye. All right, have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to the N2 Backpacking Podcast. This is Bird Shooter, wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this podcast, visit Apple's iTunes Store or download them directly at n2backpacking.com from the Podcast tab on the secondary menu. Music from this podcast was provided by the John Zedd Band. For more information on this Atlanta-based musician, visit his website at JohnZed.com. Dot com. That's John ZEDD.com. Or search for his latest release through iTunes. This podcast is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures Inc. For more information or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at N2 Backpacking. That's the letter N, the number 2, backpacking.com.